Domestiques. Well, it really has been a while since we last got together. It is the off-season, after all, for the professional riders. The big-name riders are certainly enjoying the offie. But we're here. We are here to chew the fat. And I guess uh, you could call today's episode the run-up to the start of 2024. And I've got to say, there has been a lot of movement on the transfer market. We'll talk about that in this episode of The Domestiques. The weather, it's getting warmer here in the Southern Hemisphere, and so many people are out and about enjoying their time on two wheels. Summer in some parts of Australia has come early. Uh, I'm out on the bike wearing no arm warmers, wearing no leg warmers. It is wonderful. I'm not too sure about you, uh, Tills. I know you're not wearing arm warmers and leg warmers in Brisbane. It's The weather's good, isn't it? How, how are you going? Yeah, it's uh, summer's kicked off early. I think, uh, yeah, it's hit spring, but in typical Australian fashion, we've had uh, fires and floods in one week, but uh, certainly taking the good with the bad. And uh, yeah, I've just had a bit of a break actually from work and training, being off with my family in far north Queensland. And uh, like our guest that's joining us today, I come from the country, so it always takes a bit to see everyone. But uh, yeah, it's been really good and feeling refreshed and ready to hit the back end of the season. Yeah, I had no idea that you came from the hilltops region in New South Wales around um, uh, Burrawa and right. uh, yeah you really are a country girl uh, <laughs> I never knew I never knew Tills and Mike, Hollywood did you see no. did you see well well did you see her on Instagram playing with the kids is, yeah, it's is, great. she be, <laughs> becoming <laughs> clucky I saw her with <laughs> kids I saw a soft side to her Hollywood, a great what mama. I didn't post I didn't post uh, the AI insemination we were doing on cattle that day actually and uh, <laughs> oh, I did yeah. actually ask the uh, ask the vet if he did people but he said he didn't so I oh, thought I was going to get in for a cheap cheap session there but <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a it looked like a a, 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 a episode out of Farmer Wants a Wife but uh, oh, I thought I'd keep that off the Instagram just in case well, I'm just wondering Hollywood if a uh, cyclist wants a wants a husband but uh, we won't go there just settle now settle down settle hey down, Hollywood what have you been up to Oh, mate, I picked up my new bike last Thursday. Jeez, it's beautiful. Oh, custom-painted, giant TCR. It is magnificent. I've uh, Everyone's carrying on because I've got a disc bike. I just want to remind everyone, I had a the TCR very first disc bike they did, and I didn't like it because it was black, and I just didn't like it. Disc has come a long way, and since then, the, my old uh, disc bike sits on the trainer. This new bike, I got, jeez, it's good. It is absolutely beautiful. Custom painted by the master Steve Munyard from Sun Graphics. Oh, have you seen it? Have you seen it? It's just going all over the globe. Everyone yeah, loves sure. it. It's <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, do you want to know what I've been doing? I went to a place called uh, Winton in yes. the outback in Queensland. And uh, I guess it's pretty apt because it's where the dinosaurs once roamed a long time ago. So uh, voila, Tom Alaris turns up, the modern day dinosaur on his bike. Uh, did I have internet there? Uh, just. Uh, and uh, we did a 100 kilometre ride on flat roads. There was a howling wind. It was out and back the ride. Uh, the first 50 kilometres, I averaged 40 kilometres per hour. On the way back, I averaged about five kilometres per hour in the <laughs> blockhead, blockhead wind. That's my uh, that that's happens. my story for the last couple of days. Hey, listen, later on, I want to talk to Tills about uh, the fact that she's pinning a number on her back in the next few weeks. Ooh. Hollywood, oh, I want wow. to talk to you about uh, Around the Bay in a Day. 
later on in the program. And we're going to introduce a new segment to the Domestiques during this off-season. I want to find out where your favourite bike ride is, okay? We've got time. There's nothing doing on the world tour. Let's just talk about us for a change and not about them, all right? Uh, And what else have we got coming up on the program? We have got a big special guest. Yeah, we've got a special guest. I'm going to. I'm just holding off. We've spoken to (laughs) uh, the sisters of the saddle, uh, an all women's group from Brisbane who are doing big things in Queensland. Okay, before we introduce our special guest, Black Sheep. I'm wearing the Black Sheep kit. Uh, The weather is getting warmer, as I say. Summer is just around the corner. I'm loving it, Tills. What's happening with Black Sheep in terms of their cycling apparel? Yeah, well, we've got, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we've launched into into the Run Club, which is really exciting. It's actually going really well, the launch. Um, Yeah, we got a lot of love on that. But uh, tonight uh, we are launching, went before, you know, by the time this goes live, we will have launched our Man Ride collection in our eighth year of Man Ride, which is happening this weekend. And, um, you know, that is our collection and uh, which backs our initiative to promote men's mental health, uh, where we have partnered with Livin. It's just a fantastic cause which continues to grow every year. We've got 1,800 riders globally registered um, to attend in-person events around the world with all of our partners. And then we've got 230 riders joining us this weekend in Brisbane. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of lot of people to manage, but we're fairly well organised with it. And yeah, just it's just a really great initiative that everyone gets behind. And um, it's it's a really bright, fun, exciting kit that uh, hopefully, oh, good. hopefully we sell out. I like it. Oh, good, Mate, bright it's got and colourful. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Excellent, excellent. It's, it's so good to have Black Sheep uh, uh, join us on the in the cycling fraternity around Australia. Well done, Black Sheep, and also a big thanks to Honan Insurance Group, who are responsible for powering. The domestics and remember. Have you got your car insurance yet through the mic? I have, I have. I'm insured. Oh, good. With, uh, you, Helen have helped me out sure with you're my not car. A tie kicker. And uh, I've got my home insurance coming up later in the year. Let's not go there. I want to remind everybody to subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. Remember, just press that button up the top. It says follow. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your lovers. Tell your pets if you want to. Just have. Have everybody listen to the domestics. We are going big places, and we'll tell you more about that in the coming episodes. Let's introduce our special guest now. She's a member oh, of finally. the World Tour, oh, a no, member God. of the Liddy Trek team. Tills, I'll let you complete the introduction. <laughs> oh, well, it's um, essentially just in one sentence, she is the number one domestique. Uh, so we have been completely replaced. We will bow down to her uh, and, and ask to learn her ways. But she is the number one domestique in the women's peloton, which I think people underestimate just how big that is. We saw the number one men's domestique take a grand tour in Sepkus um, and and of course, I'm speaking about the Australian Loretta Hansen, the much loved, the people's champ, um, who is very much behind the scenes in all of the Little Trek wins. Um, I think Little Trek had well over 40 win professional wins this year and Loretta was involved in everyone. So really excited. Rets, welcome to the podcast. Woo. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, guys. I'm uh, really happy to be here on a very aptly named podcast. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to chewing. Mate, some you are our beacon. You. We should have you as the face of it, but uh, Santini and Trek may not appreciate that. But uh... <laughs> yeah, it could be a bit of a clash there. Um, but Reds, before we jump into it all, I just want to get a sense of how the season has been for you. I think I've just loved 
following your season. I think you had an extremely, just as a bit of reminder for our listeners, you had an extremely strong start in the summer of cycling. You set up Brodie Chapman for her Australian title, um, you know, in the first week of January. You went to the Tour Down Under where you set up Amanda Spratt um, in in the Tour Down Under to come second on GC. Uh, you're an ex- uh, She came second again at the uh, Cadells, which you I remember you leading out and just ripping up that final Chalambra climb. And then you went overseas and, and started the classics really strongly, but had a, a really bad accident, which I can still vividly see in my mind early April, which meant you missed out on mm-hmm. Paris Bay again and the core, the core of your season, really. You are a classic specialist. And I think you, you broke five ribs, you uh, broke your collarbone and a broken traverse. I don't know even what it is, but it sounds like you got split in half. But and then essentially, I don't. I can't. I'll come to this, but I'll come to you on this. But I think you came. I can't remember. But then you had this break, and then you came back strong again. the The back end of your season, you became the strongest Australian rider on the circuit to the point when Worlds was on, you were our best chance of getting a, a result. You you were part of the Giro, the Tour. Tour de France, Tour de Scandinavia, and you just seem to get stronger and stronger. So just as a reminder for everyone, but yeah. but how was the season for you? Uh, yeah, thanks, Jill, <laughs> for a pr- pretty gr- uh, glowing review there. <laughs> um, yeah, I certainly made a big step this year. Like, uh, obviously, through my results, uh, you can see that it's been pretty evident. I was part of a lot of team success and even personal success. So it was pretty motivating for me for me to see that. Um, but yeah, like, like everyone says, uh, there were lots of ups and downs this year and I certainly was no exception. Like I started really well in January. Um, we had a great start with Brody winning nationals and, um, yeah, we all kind of had an opportunity there. So it was nice to really play a part in a, in a strong performance for Little Trek at Aussie nationals to start the year. And that really, really got things rolling and the momentum kept going from there, uh, through Tour Down Under Cadells and, and into Europe and then, yeah, unfortunately, I, I crashed at Nokra. It was actually one of sort of my goal races. It's one of the, the smaller races, um, I guess, smaller races in terms of the, the Belgian classics and a race where I was going to get an opportunity. Uh, and yeah, I crashed. <laughs> so it was um, yeah pretty heartbreaking. And I broke myself. I broke my first bone ever. I broke oh. seven, actually. Um, and yeah, I spent six days in hospital in, mm. in Udenard. And yeah, came home oh, for eight weeks and eight then weeks. went back oh, to the season. And, yeah, I was I was I was out wow. for a long time. Um, and at that point, I really I really didn't know how my season was going to go from there. Like I'd worked so hard and made so many changes to really start the season off well, and then to take a bit of a hit, I wasn't sure how I was going to come out of it. And even though from the outside I was still performing well uh, in those first two races back, like at Burgos and then Ride London, I actually finished tenth. Uh, overall at Ride London and like that was my my best ever GC in a world tour world tour event but at that point I was really mentally struggling to get myself back into it um, but that was kind of a an eye-opener like my my teammates and my directors and my team really sort of mm. got around me and kind of gave me gave me the motivation and a bit of a kick in the guts I guess to get going again and, and that's that's what I needed and really sort of built on that into the into the following races like um Tour of Swiss and Giro, I really sort of found my peak form, especially in Giro. There were some races, like I was our, our last support rider left for Gaia um, mm. and, and 
yeah, Elise Longo Borghini before, unfortunately, she crashed out. So that was a bit of a, a new and unexpected for, position for me. And that was sort of kind of what this year was a little bit about, was like learning my new role and my new strengths and um, how to kind of maximise my efforts, I guess. Um, but, yeah, looking back at this season, I it's really one that I can be proud of. Like, uh, obviously, there were a few lows where I, where I wasn't at my best. Like, I crashed. I was a bit mentally out of it in some races. But overall, my performance was better than I could have expected. And, um, yeah, hopefully I can just keep building on that in the next couple of years. Like, as a team, um, Little Trek had a lot of bad luck wait, this wait. year. Did and Little like, Trek hit, like, a black cat or something? Because, honestly, like... Balsamo, oh, we've had some shocking luck this year. <laughs> like, and even Brody Chapman, and then and then Brody. also Amanda Spratt at the back end of the season. Like, yeah. honestly, you guys like we pinned you guys to take on SD Works, and you just yeah. tend continue to crumble with such bad luck. Yeah, and I mean, you don't want to sit here and be poor me because we still had some great results. But there are certainly some things you look back on and be yeah. like, oh, if only. Um, but personally, I had a great, Absolutely. great season, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can just keep building. Loretta, feel free to join us in in the chat. Uh, it's great to have you along. Uh, we would like to hear yeah, uh, your opinion. We'll talk perhaps about the uh, the women's circuit for next year as well. But I guess the big news to come out of uh, Europe and the World yeah. Tour over the last few weeks uh, during the off season is uh, Jumbo Visma. Jumbo Visma allowing Roglic the liberty to yeah. move on and join another team in twenty. 24. For me, that came as somewhat of a surprise. Uh, what about you, Tills? Well, I think there's a lot of moving parts, which I'm keen to get Retz's thoughts on it. Just, I, I can't, like, I haven't been involved in the sport for huge amounts of time, but I, I can't imagine a more chaotic transfer season. We're talking about the two biggest established teams merging. We're talking about, well, I think Rodrick will go to Bora, likely, yeah, one of, yeah, which would be yeah. great to spread out the talent. But it is very concerning, these two major teams merging. What happens now with riders, with staff? Retz, I'm hearing on that like apparently all contract talks have stopped for all teams because they're looking at potentially that Quickstep, uh, Sadao Quickstep's team is about to become on the market potentially and how that can flood and devalue the market. We're looking at Remco going to Ineos likely, um, what no one is talking about what's happening with the women's teams. I imagine that the Yumbo yeah, women's team Reds doesn't have actually many riders signed. Mm. So De Kunic will, uh, 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 so um, AG Insurance will likely go to them. And then with those changes, you know, Hollywood, you broke mm -hmm. the news that Plapp will probably go to Jaco. But Reds, what are you oh, hearing? It wasn't me, it was GCN. Oh, it was GCN. Mate, I was trying to give I you a plug then. I was trying to give you a plug then. No, but let, let, let's be clear. I did message him when I read that and he said he had about 100 messages in 30 minutes and he said he hasn't signed anything. So I can guarantee if, if, if Remco goes there, Platt won't stay. He's never wanted to be, you know, signed. Like yeah. the amount of lack of opportunity he's yeah. getting at Ineos, he's not going to stay. No. But what um, about, but what about, hang on a second, did you see the Jayco rider who made her debut the other day and she's 38 years old? Who? Did you see that? Oh, no. you know, I'm not good with names. I'm trying, it's Ch Ch Chiara or something. Chiara. She's Italian. Chiara. Yeah, and she's, she like a Swift, she was good on Swift and she made her de oh, debut really? this week and she's 38. Oh, I and I thought that. of you straight away because oh, you're mate, nowhere near still, 38. There's still hope. There's still hope. Oh. There's still plenty <laughs> of hope for you, Tills. You're not 38. <laughs> she may have been the one that was on the Zwift, uh, Zwift Academy. I think I she remember. was. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, meant yeah. to be a machine. Could, but how's mate, that debuting at 38? Mm. 
Loretta, what's your concern about the, the, the yeah? Past, tell us about your yeah, concern, rats. Loretta, about the women's circuit. Uh, well, I mean, I I've had two weeks of off season, so I've just kind of come out of a cloud of, of bliss, I guess, into all of this chaos this week, and um, mm. still still sort of catching up. But uh, yeah, it is definitely uncertain and, and scary times for both the men's and women's teams. I think of Yumbo Visma and uh, Sudal Quickstep, and both of those teams have. Um, women's teams as part of their programs, I guess. I don't know how closely tied the, the AG insurance team is to Sudal Quickstep, but obviously they're, they're big title sponsors and they're, they're going to be associated um, in one way or another or impacted in one way or another if these two teams merge. Uh, and already looking at, at Yumbo Visma's w- women's team, there's been a lot of change in, in the past, like in, in this transfer period. Like I think three of their their management have left like in Carmen Small and a couple of other directors or coaches and things like that. And then I think it was five or six riders have already transferred Mm. this season. So um, already that's kind of indicating a bit of uncertainty within that team, whether these riders were just ready for a change or if there's something like maybe the management management's changed, then they, then they decided that was kind of the catalyst for for something new for themselves. Um, And then, yeah, I haven't looked so much at the the AG insurance squad. I guess the fortunate thing at the moment in women's cycling is there is such a demand for riders because the the, the program is growing so much. Like this year, I had fifty eight race days and I missed eight that eight weeks of the season. Wow. Whereas in previous years, I've had forty days. So so the calendar is growing so much and there is so much demand for more riders. Like I think Trek Little Trek this year was at fourteen riders and I think next year we're growing to nineteen or twenty. So. So there is demand for more riders. So hopefully in terms of the women's mm. teams, the riders will be okay. Um, but there's also the staff to account for as well. Like you've got a team of, you know, 16 to 20 riders, but then there's another, I don't know, 20, 40 staff or more um, associated with those teams as well. And if they condense down to one team, uh, what what impact is that going to have on all of those people? Um, so that's also a big concern. And then what opportunities there's going to be for those riders. What if you're, I guess when you've signed your contract, you've been promised one environment and those resources, how is that going to change? Um, like, yeah, I guess that's, that's all part of, it's obviously not the biggest concern at the moment. That seems like the, the biggest story that's playing out is whether, you know, Remco mm. and all of those riders are going to come together on one team at Yumbo Visma. And there's not a lot being said about the women's teams. So I think that's still a story that we're waiting to hear whether it's impacted at all. Um, but yeah, it is something that's going to be Speaking considered. of um, investment, uh, Rets, uh, you know, it used to be Trek, Segafredo and Little, which is the supermarket who are as big as Yumbo uh, in, in Belgium and Netherlands, um, have come on yeah. with Trek when they're, mm-hmm. it seems like, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure Trek, which they maybe held off slightly uh, at the start of the transfer season, but they have opened their checkbook uh, on the men's side and made a significant yep. investment to try to become one of the super teams. Are you hearing or seeing how yep. that in, increase in investments going to affect the women's team? Uh, yeah. So uh, um, yeah, it was big news that, that Little came on board as our title sponsor in the middle of the season, and with that, that meant a lot more investment. And at the moment, it's been a lot of positive change for the team. Um, obviously, there's uh, a little bit more, I guess, pressure expectation because the goal, as always, uh, has been to be the number one team in the world. So. 
uh, for both the men's and women's team. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot more investment in riders, but then also in resources as well. Like they're in expanding our support staff uh, for both men's and women's teams. So obviously from the men's side, we've seen a lot more investment in bigger bigger name riders like Terry Gagenhart and mm. uh, Jonathan Millan as well coming on board and some other bigger riders as well. Um, but also behind the scenes, like we're getting more, more support like um, performance analysts, nutritionists, uh, other other resources like that that are that are also going to benefit both the men's and women's teams. So yeah, you're seeing a lot more on the outside, a lot more on the men's side, I guess. But also there's there's similar um, effects on the women's side as well. Like we're we're expanding our roster. Like I said before, we're going to expand to 19 to 20 riders as well, and we've already got such a good core that um, yeah, it's these other things. Uh, I guess, behind the scenes that are going to make a big I've got a couple of questions. Uh, with uh, the big guns, the big yeah. teams, Jumbo and Sudal, uh, amalgamating, mm -hmm. is that correct, Hills? It, will that leave the uh, World exactly. Tour, uh, as we know it, top-heavy with, with super teams? That's one question. Secondly, uh, with yeah. um, Roglic now moving on, where does that leave riders like Sepp Kuss, who won the Vuelta? Will he be promoted to an outright team leader along with Jonas Vingegaard for the for the Grand Tours, or will he still be the super domestic that he has been for years? Rats? Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think, like, Jumbo Visma are already such a super team, uh, and I, I don't see that changing in the future, but I also see, like, I can't see Remco Evenepoel moving to join um, Jumbo Visma or whatever they become. Uh, so I actually think... It could see a bit more of a spread across the teams. Like uh, if he if he goes mm. to Ineos or and Roglic goes to Bora, then I can see a bit more of a diverse spread across the teams and actually maybe more competition. And hopefully mm. that will make like we saw such a dominant display at Welter, but it was the the most exciting thing was the battle within Jumbo Visma. So hopefully that will uh, enhance the racing there as well. And um, I hope as as a fellow domestic, I hope that Sepkas will get more opportunities in the future. Like he's really proven himself already uh, in races before even Vuelta, but Vuelta really kind of showed himself and, and put his hand up. And now I think they'll be more willing to give him opportunities. And But in saying that as well, he's, uh, from everything I've heard, he's a really humble guy and a really devoted domestique. So uh, he, I think he would feel just as rewarded racing for his teammates as much as he would racing for himself. Because if he is receives the recognition and appreciation from his teammates, then uh, I don't see why he wouldn't feel valued and why he would be, mm. you know, disenchanted staying mm. in the position. I love how now. you say, as a fellow domestic, and you say it with a smile <laughs> on your face. Uh, um, yeah. I yeah. love helping my teammates. Have you, like I, can I ask you a I question, though? Have yeah. you got any personal ambitions yourself? Do you ever, is there any races you look at the calendar next year and go, you know yeah. what, fuck, I want to win that. Or I, I want to, you know, do you ever think that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in the, the later half of the season when I could really, when I was really kind of doing well and still feeling really strong, there were some opportunities there and I was I was hungry for the win. Like Romandy, the first stage, um, I was yeah trying to race for myself there, but in the end I messed up the last 5K. But part of that is mm. also learning how to win. Like I was hungry and wanted to win, but yeah, it's going to... It's certainly the desire is there. It's just learning to win again, and um, yeah. But opportunities are coming are coming my way. Like that's something uh, 
my teammates would happily see me win as much as they would themselves. And that's mm. a respect thing within our team and just the environment we have. So the desire yep. is there. Uh, it's just, yeah, finding the opportunity and, and mm. yeah, acting on it, I guess, learning how to win. Like it sounds easy, just go and no. win it, but actually it's I, What about nationals? Would you ever consider yeah. having a go at nationals yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, it's taken me a long time, but I, you know, I don't even know how, I think it might be coming up for nine or 10 uh, years at Bunnyong, I've uh, raced there enough that I think hopefully I've got it figured out. Well, so maybe next the, year it'll we'll be the last year in like Bunnyong because like. in twenty five, yeah. I know the last right. year, which uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are happy to see. Like, but Ballarat and Bunnyong have been fantastic supporters of of nationals, but um, I think a lot of people are ready for some change. And Ritz, um, one one sneaky result you had was a fourth um, in the time trial at the Tour of Scandinavia. I was, uh, is that a future now? Are you we going to see you laying down on a time trial bike for nationals and for you know for the for the rest of the season? It's yeah, it's definitely like um, that was a bit of a. Yeah, I guess a catalyst to put a bit more effort into my into my time trials. Like, I've it's not something that I've invested in a lot uh, in the past years, but um, yeah, something I'd like to explore a little bit more in the future. Like, there's uh, it's something I can do well at if maybe I put a bit more time into it. So you never know. Like, maybe I'll be there at Bunning Young on my Are time you I... sentimental at all? Do you have any <laughs> sort of harvest little little deep desires to one day ride for Jayco, the Australian team, or it's like this is business. <laughs> Bugger Jayco. Like, is there any, because, you know, if I, I'm Australian, I would love Mate, to ride she for Jayco. Only, she only, yeah, she's course. only on a successful yeah. team. She, she's oh, hey, stop yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> what, no, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of respect for Jayco. And, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for them and I would mm -hmm. never say never, but I also think the pathway I've taken into cycling yes. is different. Mm. And... Um, I have different opportunities about like different opportunities. And I think Jayco is a good team, but almost, I think it would be too comfortable uh, for me. Enough. Like I, I like the Australian environment and, but I also like, yeah, mm. I also like where fair I am, enough. I guess. Like I've, I've taken a different mm. pathway and I'm happy to keep following that and exploring that. And like, mm. I would never say never, but at the moment it's Pay up, probably Jayco. not quite Open the, right the checkbook. Well, just on Jayco, just on Jayco <laughs> yeah. and back to Lucas Plapp, I think he would be perfect that team and there's rumors going around that he will join and i know what you said earlier hollywood that uh, it's not a done deal but i'm pretty sure i'd like to think it will be a done deal he'd be perfect for that team don't you think yeah oh definitely but it's you know at the end of the day it's a business it's about the money the money's got to be right like obviously he's got his mm. mate there in cal o'brien and um blake creek and his um girlfriend rides for the women's team so it, there's a lot of synergies and but you know it's a that's up to him. He's had a great team in Ineos, but he, I think he's a sort of a patriotic type of guy. So I think he'd probably would like to be there, but look, I, I honestly don't know. I'm just guessing. I think part of it also comes down to like, what's going to give you your yep. best performance. Like, like you were saying, he's got mates there, but is that going to give him the best performance? Like sometimes you can be too yep. comfortable there because your mates aren't going to tell you the hard truths. True. Uh, but then definitely Jaco, they, they want their Australian hero. They, and Flappy is probably, one of our um, best future GC mm. contenders, I think. Uh, and he would get a lot of opportunity at Jayco. So, I mean, he's got some tough decisions to make. And, um, yeah, but I wouldn't say I, he's I never thought about that, there, Loretta, until you mentioned it now. You don't want to be too comfortable in a team. You want to yeah. be pushed. And when you're with a, a team yeah. that's a, sort of the same yeah. culture as you, 
uh, the same DNA, perhaps that's not such a good yeah. thing. Perhaps he should be in a non-Australian team, a non-Australian environment. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably one of the reasons why I'm happy to be in a, in a European-based team or an American-based team. Like it's, it's something different mm. to what I'm used to. Very interesting. Okay, we'll talk some more in just a moment, but I just want to uh, move on and uh, we're going to play a little... A little package now and when I pronounce the letters S-O-T-S it probably means very little to most people. Well SOTS is an all-women's cycling group which stands for Sisters of the Saddle. Not Sisters of the Cloth, Sisters of the Saddle. <laughs> and now I had a chance to speak with one of its members when I visited Brisbane recently. This is The Domestics presented by Black Sheep Cycling. Women's cycling groups in Australia has really exploded around the country of recent times. There are women groups riding bicycles from Sydney to Brisbane, across to Perth and everywhere in between. One such group is in Brisbane, as a matter of fact, and the group is known as SOTS. And what does SOTS stands for? It stands for Sisters of the Saddle. Now, I'm with a member of this fantastic group, this fantastic team, and I'm with Bronwyn Victor. And Bronwyn has, uh, well, I think she's one of the founding members. Is that right, Bronwyn? That's right, Mike. Thanks well, tell us all about SOTS. Tell us all about SOTS. What's it all about? Well, it's just a group of women who started riding together about five or six years ago. Um, a lot of different corporate women in, in the group. Um, and I think we all found the value of riding as a group of women without the guys. <laughs> Um, and we've just grown together and become a group of our own, in our own right, um, decided that we wanted to control our own destiny. Now, you're not being sexist by saying you're riding without the men, but why? what's different about riding without group, uh, men in your group? It, I mean, I've, I've been riding for 25 years and I've always been, you know, two or three women with 40 or 50 men sometimes. Um, so that it's just it's just a different atmosphere. A lot more. I find that women are um, more susceptible to being able to be coached, um, and we're more um, amenable to listening and working together as a group. Um, conversations a bit different without guys around. I mean, this, I'm sure men men who ride together find the conversations a bit different when there's no women around. And Brian, you're all professional people. You're doctors, uh, architects, uh, professional qualified people. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. There's some there's some big hitters. Why is um, that? Kirsten Kirsten Pike's one of our board members. She's just been made chair of Queensland cricket on the mm. weekend. So uh, we've got we've got partners in major international firms. We've got CEOs, CFOs, um, and and also just just mums and and people who just do normal jobs as well. So. And you're into fundraising. What's the main uh, the main charity? So this year, again, we're supporting Traction, um, Traction for Young People. They're an amazing group that um, run a run a program in within schools that um, take disengaged kids and, and find, help them find their potential. So we've actually funded our, um, an Indigenous program so they've been able to go from the, from the very foundation of what they do, look at it and make sure it's a culturally safe and aware program and gone into um, Parkridge school with a, another group called Ganyameta. Um, they've developed this amazing program. They've had three lots through of students through now and they're having fantastic results back um, just and both learning a lot about, about their programs and how they apply, uh, hopefully making it portable so that it's, it'll apply to other 
communities as well. And Bron, there's a charity ride coming up in late October, a big ride, three days. Tell us all about that and what's it all about? So we're riding, there's the biggest group ever. We've got 46 women plus three coaches. Um, we're starting at Rosewood, which is our, you might have driven past there. <laughs> um, Rosewood up to Toowoomba, which is uh, up a really big climb. And then a day up on the range up there and then riding back into Brisbane. So the Friday would be 160k or 100 miles. Um, probably be the longest ride that most of the women would have done. 350 kilometres over the three days. Uh, we're hoping to raise $300,000 for traction and also for a, a community called uh, Zephyr Education. They supply um, equipment for students to get back to schools when they're usually mums have uh, escaped from DV situations. So, And for people to donate, what's the website? It's www.sistersofthesaddle.com. I've got to say, I love the name, Sisters, not Sisters of the Cloth, but Sisters of the Saddle. How did that name come about? Well, one of our members, Michelle Gray, she was into into hashtags and she she coined the phrase a few years ago and when uh, when we came out on our own, we decided that we would adopt it as official. And anybody, any woman around, a, uh, around the country is eligible to... To be part of this great squad? Well, the, what you can do at the moment is you can become part of our virtual ride. There's still a few spots left. We've actually got four women in London who are going to be joining us virtually on the Saturday. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, so, Sisters of the Saddle, you can be involved. You have to be a woman. I'm proud to say that I am involved, even though I can tell you I'm not a woman, but uh, I don't ride with the ladies, but I am uh, supporting them all the way. So uh, if you want to support them, just go to that website again. www.sistersofthesaddle.com How easy is that? Bronwyn Victor, <laughs> good luck on uh, the 27th to the 29th of October, and we wish the SOTs all the best. Great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for your support. This is The Domestics, presented by Blackshade Sideband. Yes, the Sisters of the Saddle are going places. A great bunch of ladies I accidentally bumped into when participating in the Tour de Brisbane earlier this year. They're all professional girls. They're all professional people, doctors, lawyers, architects, accountants, and they all have a common bond to make the world a better place through the bicycle. All right, let's move on. And I want to get your thoughts on um, what your favourite bike ride is, especially you, Loretta, and not necessarily a race, but a, a ride, now that you're back in Australia, and I know you won't be there for too long, but when you do come home and it's the off-season, where do you like to ride in Victoria, where you live? Well, uh, I grew up in a tiny little dot on the map called Fernhill. And when I was growing up, I used to think it was horrible, like uh, always freezing cold, miserable. But then after travelling and being to all different kinds of places, now that I come home, I actually really appreciate home. Um, I'm glad I'm not there in winter, but in summer it's a beautiful place, like country roads, quiet. Uh, it's very close to Mount Macedon, and for me that's probably one of my favourite places to ride. Like I can ride into Mount Macedon um, around the back through Gisborne, around Baringo, or I can go towards Trentham and Dalesford. Um, some of the Victorian, Victorians might know that area is like spa mm -hmm, country. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've got some beautiful options around there. Like, I don't know if I've got one particular favourite ride, but I certainly Hollywood? love riding at home. Oh, Mike. Mallorca, right? Say Mallorca. Oh, I didn't even think I of that. Say oh, Hellride. Wow. I was going to say Hellride. Yeah. I was going to say Hellride. <laughs> I love Hellride. It's because all my mates do it. But around the world, I've always said the top five places are Sardinia, Lake Como, Mallorca. Um, 
uh, like Garda. Uh, how many is that? Is that four? No, Annecy. So, I'm not a big. I'm not a big Annecy fan. Surely Beach Road makes top five. Yeah, yeah. T- Hell Ride's the best ride. Yeah, well, you know it's, what the problem with the Hell Ride is. Race. You know what the problem with the Hell Ride is. You guys, well, you break. Go. Coming you, from no, someone you, who's uh, never done it. Listen, I don't have to do it. You break all in. the rules, you blogs. Oh, you break all the. You no, go through all Mike, the red lights, all the Mike, stop signs. Mike, 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 Mike just take a 90s. deep breath. Exactly. Mike, Thank you, Matilda. That was in the nineties when everyone it's all was changed. jacked up. They had yes, so much EPO they couldn't see the red light. Oh, that's it's good not like that. It's changed. good to hear. But it's like Sardinia, like Majorca, Lake Como, Amalfi Coast, and uh, Garda—they're my five favourite places to ride. And then, of course, Hellride Beach Road. <laughs> what about you, Tills? Um, I think in Australia, yeah, certainly I enjoy getting home on the farm. But, uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's more – the rides are more around the atmosphere and the people you're with. Mm, um, I think, you know, I love the Dandenongs, even though it's a shit show trying to get out there in Melbourne. But if you're on a stunning day and you've got a good group, there's nothing better. And then, yeah, it, um, over in New Zealand, certainly Christchurch um, is absolutely incredible. Mm. You know, there's no lights, uh, there's no cars, there's a bit of sheep that can dive bomb you at times in, in lambing season. <laughs> Um, but honestly, the biggest issue in Christchurch is trying to tell the cars to pass you. They all sit behind you and, and wait for too long to safely see a clear way. But I absolutely love it there for, for riding, certainly. So, um, yeah, but it definitely always matters on, on, on the group you're with, really. It doesn't really oh, matter I think where, you're right. where yeah, you are. Definitely the crowd you're with. Well, mine, I live in the but, southern suburbs of Sydney, and it doesn't take me long to get out of the, the, the burbs and head down towards the Royal National Park into Wollongong, the coastline mm, there. And you saw the coastline at the coverage of the Road World Championships last year. Just stunning. And Wollongong, I think, is very underrated in terms of the sea, the escarpment, the beaches, the roads. And I head down to Kiama, a seaside village uh, town uh, south of Wollongong. It's just magnificent. It's about 100 k's from where I live. And uh, that's that's my go-to whenever I want to clear the head and uh, see some spectacular scenery. Are you uh, looking for some free accommodation out there? Are you doing a little plug? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But listen... Tell us at home where your favourite ride is. We want to hear from you at home. And why is it your favourite ride? Uh, Contact us, any of us, through our social media channels here at The Domestiques and uh, we'll talk about about your ride in our next episode. (laughs) Hollywood, around the bay in a day. So, I'll yeah. Oh, yes, yes. About- United, United Energy around the bay in a day is this Sunday. The weather's looking okay, despite at the moment being horrendous. So, uh, Sunday's, I think, 17 and uh, no rain with a slight southerly, so it's tailwind time. It's going to be a big day, big event village. You've got Richie Port. Uh, Ri- yeah, he's coming across Friday. Um, we'll do Hell Ride together Saturday, and he'll ride it on Sunday. Obviously, Peter Mullins is doing it. Apparently, Grace Brown's doing it. She messaged Ali, reach out to oh, Ali, who just wants to ride it. So, Grace Brown will be there. Nice. So, it's um, obviously Keenan and Gerrans are doing the family ride for Vola. It's going to be uh, big. They're up to 7,000 people doing oh, it. So, fantastic. the wow. United Energy around the bay in a day this Sunday. You can still enter. <laughs> Entries close, I think, Friday night or Saturday morning. So do it. It's a great day. Money raised goes to the Maddie Rewalt Foundation, even though Bicycle Network is a not-for-profit. The money is going to Maddie Rewalt. So great I was, day. I was talking to a rider from Sydney, Angelo Tantara, who did the Around the Bay in a Day last year. And he said riding on the motorway down to Geelong was uh, an horrific experience. But organisers have made some adjustments. Yes, that is correct. They uh, Bicycle Network, to their credit, did some uh, feedback sessions after uh, the event last year, and it was resounding that uh, 
what Angelo said was exactly right. It was a disaster. It was you had to ride in the shoulder, and that's where all the gerbus and crap is. So what they did is, I think it cost Bicycle Network over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and they closed the lane all the way down to Geelong and got the wow. speeds reduced. And they're getting the lane, uh, and the shoulder swept. So you'll have the shoulder swept and a lane free to use and reduced speed. So it's a big win for everyone doing the United Energy around the Bainer Day. Now, Tills, you are pitting a number on your back in the next few weeks. Tell us about wait, that. Wait, wait, Hollywood. Uh, Mike, before that, Hollywood, I, I would encourage everyone that's around to, to late join because I am concerned that, like, Grand Fondos in Australia are a dying breed. It is getting oh, God. harder and harder. Yes. Why is that? I've just seen that the Tour Down Under have cancelled theirs. Um, yes. There's five other Grand Fondos in, around Musa the country. Classic was cancelled. Yeah. <clears throat> the one in Canberra's gone. The one in Tassie's gone. The and, one and at I, uh, Bright. You know, what's it called? The yeah. um, What's that called? The Audax Alpine one? Alpine one. Yeah, yeah the Alpine. Alpine. That's and, gone. Um, and uh, from my understanding, this could be gone too around network, the bay. That's yes. what I mean. Bicycle Network are not making money from from. Well, this it's year not so much or, making; they're losing a great deal of money, and it's just people aren't. I don't know supporting the events or just. I know times are tough. Interest rates are biting. You know, everyone knows, but it's it, what what. I guess pisses me off is people who will. I'll say you're doing it again. No, I'm going to ride it though. It's like don't be a scab. It's a, you know, it's a not-for-profit. The money raised goes to the Maddie Rewell. Don't just clog up the roads yeah. and ride it and then try and sneak into the event village. Don't be a tight ass. Yeah, but Hollywood, just, you know, uh, yes. the cost of uh, entering those rides, those Grand Fondos, is just going up and up and up. And Yes, because yeah. the but road closes the event. Sure, I understand that. Councils cost- and the authorities are charging so much money because they have to, I guess. And not everybody can afford them these days with interest rates and electricity and fuel uh, biting into everybody's budget. And that's the reason. Look, don't be surprised if the Barrel Classic, which uh, you're very close to, is uh, another ride that, that goes by the wayside very soon. It's not easy these days. Not everybody can afford 350 bucks a pop on roads that aren't necessarily closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's not three. It's not 350. It's 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 less than that. It's, there's 20 percent off at the moment. It's like 200 and something. But there is like obviously a, free, a lane closed on the freeway. There's along yeah, the um, tills. You'll know along the Esplanade in Mornington from Safety Beach into Mornington. Yeah. It's such a beautiful a stretch road. That's like, fully you're closed. You're never going to get. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to get never going to get 200 again, t- potentially. I also so, feel when yeah. you go Reds. And for so many, for so many people, like one of the inhibitors to cycling is is the risk of traffic on the roads. Whereas around the bay, it sounds like they've they've got a really Definitely. good traffic management mm. plan, so that it's it's safe and you can ride on closed roads. But but like uh, Mike was saying, like the cost is a big inhibitor. Like we're all we're all hearing about it at the moment, cost of living, everything. Like whether whether you're in a fortunate position or not, everyone is tightening their belts. And, and for some people, the, the cost can be too much, but it's a shame for, for events like Grand Fondos are a, are a great community event and really bring more people into the sport and to see them go would be definitely and tills another one that's in danger is a great victorian bike ride and that's a ride where people like simon clark and sarah giante got their first taste of cycling and fell in love with the sport and that numbers are down for that and if that doesn't pick up that'll get cancelled so like there's a lot of events like you see it with the ca calendar and the nrs and the and local Mm. races cancelled all the time and these grand fondos are going to be no different you look at amy's numbers well down this year compared to previous years so mm. yeah, it's a sad state of affairs considering the sport so popular loretta you'll be pleased to know that tills is pinning a number on her back very oh. very soon 
No, well, tell I'm, I'm not going to stop it, Jules. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Tell us about it. It's just got to come out of retirement. I'm a secret and duty of Tills, so I'm looking forward to it. It's a tour of the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Tills. You're riding for a team, a new team called Hydroplane. And, I didn't know any of this. And they this. are supporting Mate, the Mental Wheels the Foundation, which I'm the patron of. Tills, take it away, just briefly. Tell us what it's all oh, about. No, I was asked to if I would like to guest ride and saw the opportunity. I've, I've, you know, had a lot of fitness this year, and it just hasn't gone my way with cancellations and COVID, COVID. and mm-hmm. all that, all that jazz uh, excuses. But um, yeah, had a bit of time off, so needed a goal to get back on the bike. And so yeah, the NRS, obviously, you know, sometimes you can criticise things, but you got to put your mouth you know, your, your money and your support where your mouth is. And so, hey, going back into the NRS and I'm really looking forward to being part of a team with a great cause, which is the Mental uh, Wheels Foundation and supporting them and all the great work they're doing in the space that, you know, Black Sheep and Man Rider are playing in um, and supported by Team Hydroplay. And then the following weekend, I'm jumping down to Beechworth to race the UCI gravel event, oh, which, um, listen, Hollywood, <laughs> you've, gone to, up, you've, Hollywood. Gone to, you've gone to dis... Mate, every. Mate, Freaking hippies who are giving up on life. Listen, listen to me. You've got. I feel like gravel. Uh, that, yeah, that is that exactly what I was about to say, Loretta. All of yeah. these events, you're seeing it happen with Melbourne to Warney, which will likely be in its last year as well, heading to gravel. And so, and that's just oh the God. thing. The other, yeah. the thing that I'm going to, I think, is going to happen. And it's also happening in Belgium at the moment. Rets is with is just more and more circuit races, yeah, like closing true. down less roads and yeah. or more and more gravel yeah. events, just wherever they don't have to have, yeah. um, co- you know, traffic control. Um, I'm seeing that pop up more and more. But, uh, yeah, really, this was a great tour last year. I was second to uh, Danny DeFrancesco, who's had a good year with uh, Arke- um, Arkea. Arkea? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Arkea, um, yeah. yeah, looking forward to taking it on again What this kit year, do but, they wear? Yeah. Is it a colourful kit? I think it's a colourful kit. Yeah, they seem mm. to. But What yeah, bikes? It'll be... Or do you no, just man, ride your just, own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a guest ride. It's not a bloody contract. Like we're, oh, we're I just want, I just want <laughs> to you to go to Jayco so you have to ride a limp. I just, that's my dream. I like it. They're fine. I know. They're I know. Fine. But They're I just fine. want you to do it. Hey, um, <laughs> um, Rhett, just final thing. I, I'm keen to know what what changes for next year. Like, I'm really always interested to see how the Aussies go when they have to prepare for the summer, and then how that affects the rest of their season. What what yeah. what changes for 2024? Uh, yeah, like it's a really tough challenge, especially for the Aussies trying to balance, you know, do it, performing well uh, in January, um, and then also trying to perform for those key big European races and especially next year being an I was going to ask year, that how that impacts uh, like that that's mm. that summer period is is pretty difficult and like pretty challenging like do you you've really got to have a, a good connection with your coach and conversation with your team and coaches and everyone to, to work that out um but yeah for me I guess it's just consolidating on this year like the past couple of years I've had sort of a tumultuous period I've had a couple of surgeries uh and then crashes and injuries and things like that so um, this year's kind of the first year in a couple of years where I've been able to, to have a good off-season break that hasn't been recovery from surgery. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I rest and then build on that again. Like, um, yeah, I'll probably, like uh, earlier I was saying, uh, you were asking if uh, I want to have a crack at Nationals. Well, this year oh, could be mate, the year. I was so going to say, maybe you yeah. should sit it out Go because you've got to focus on the back end of the year. Maybe you should sit out Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> no. You go in for a strong start and then maybe 
dip, dip a little bit um, through, I guess, the, the early spring and, and build mm. again for, for the summer. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of, I guess it's sort of a similar approach to how it went this year, just mm. hopefully minus yeah. the crash. So, um, yeah, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of riders, obviously, who are focusing on Olympics and Tour de France Worlds. There's a lot of, there's a lot of strong, of big, important races in there that are to target. So, um well, yeah, the Aussies only. The Aussies usually have four the, spots. It's looking like they've got three. Are the claws going to yeah. come out on who gets to We're, fight out those three limited spots for Australia yeah. at the Olympic Games? Yeah, it's it's always a tough one, and and the Olympics is so hard. Like some some riders view it as as like their their career mm. is made by whether or not they make the Olympic team. And when you've only got three spots, it's such a difficult such a difficult team to make. And you know, some of the best riders in the world, like you look at the Dutch team, some of the best riders in the world never get to race the Olympics because mm. their teams are just mm. so strong. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be hard. And, and I guess that's another reason where it would be really difficult racing in a team with a lot of Aussies like Jaco Alula. Mm. So although we also, Trek, Little Trek also mm. have three now as well. So, um, yeah, sometimes you do see a little bit of that tension come out within riders on the same teams or on the same country. Like uh, they could be racing for each other, but they're also racing to kind of impress their coaches so they're racing against each other so sometimes you see strange results but um i guess that's another thing that's changed within women's cycling in the past couple of years like everyone is is paid as a professional athlete that can support themselves so everyone goes in with a professional attitude to do their job and work well but uh yeah it's the an olympic year is always a special year and um yeah i think we'll see interesting racing but also right. some, some red-hot racing. Like Certainly hope so. Flying, and Loretta, we've got to leave it there. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on The Domestics. Uh, I, I guess we could call this episode, because of your inclusion, uh, the unofficial Super Domestics <laughs> program for... Yeah, well, you've <laughs> really... No more. Much. She's going to win nationals <laughs> and yeah. the yeah. Tour. We, we want you to win the nationals. We want you to win a stage at the Tour Down yeah, Under. Because... And then you can rest on your laurels for inclusion in the Olympic Games. All How right. does that sound? <laughs> All right. Uh, look, if... They would be three big ticks on next year. I reckon they're pretty good goals. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll, uh, I've got some big ones for next year. And, Enjoy yeah, the off-season, mate. You deserve uh, it. You haven't had one uh, for a while. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's – yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to All just right. taking it easy. Hollywood, sayonara. See you later. Oh, so this we're weekend. Going, we're going. We've been on for about an hour. People have got things to do. We've got our lives <laughs> to live. People want to hear tills. They just I get messages all the time. More tills. More tills. <laughs> Give the fans what they Turn want, tills. Up. Give the fans Turn what they want. That, that's only on OnlyFans. All right. All right. Oh, t- have you got OnlyFans tills? <laughs> hey, the way I'm going at the moment, I might have, I might have to. Hollywood I might have to. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks, Honan. Honan, Honan, black sheep. Honan, black sheep. Bye. Thanks, Loretta. The Domestics by Black Sheep Cycling.